hello, 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 and welcome to a brand new episode of Squad Up, the podcast all about games, games of all kinds. I am your host, Eduardo. What's going on, everybody? What's going on this fine, fine Friday? It's the freaking weekend. Baby, we're about to talk some video games. And to talk some video games with me, I have brought my co-host here. Ye old co-host. It's Peaches. Peaches, what's up, man? How do you do? <laughs> my what are lady. You, what are you buying? <laughs> I don't know why I went to Resident Evil 4 with that, but I just kind of felt like the merchant would fit in with ye old in a way. I don't know. Yeah, I see what you did there. I'm trying not to laugh from all the dumb shit we just did before we started recording. So, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. at one point, Peaches was Booker T. So I don't really know what that means. I did the John Cena hands when he said that. I because I don't I don't know what. But what did Booker T do? He would go five time, five time, five time, five time, five time WCW champion. Oh and yeah, he just no, kept I, saying five times over I, and over again, and that's what I, I, did, I thought of. I did not know that. That was that was purely <laughs> coincidental. All right. A man that's been sending a lot of eggplants. What's been going on in your life, dude? Uh, you know, eggplants. Uh, just got back into streaming. Uh, what was it? Two days ago? Wednesday? Yeah, we got back into, into streaming. Sorry to everybody, by the way. I guess I'll apologize on behalf of myself and, I guess, the podcast. We've been, uh, we've been taking a few breaks from Squad Up. I'm going to put that mostly on my shoulders. Um, I'm not like, I don't feel guilty about it right now. Cause you know, we all go, we all, no, I'm saying like we all go through stuff, you know, and I needed some time to take care of some stuff. And here we are. Well, I feel guilty to... about it. Cause y'all can just deal with it. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, you know, it's just dealing with some stuff and you know what? We're back. We streamed again on Wednesday. It was a great time. You were there. You were there. I was there. You were there. Everyone was there. It was great. And uh, we've been focusing pretty heavily on our other podcasts as well, Assembly Required. So if you like the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and and you want to hear us work through it and join us in that journey, that's a a big thing we've been working on. But uh, apologies on my behalf. Please feel free to blame me, though I won't feel bad uh, for (laughs) the lack of squad up. But yeah, that's what I've been doing. Just just, uh, get into a good place. And, uh, you know, we're back. We're back, back baby. baby. Hey, B. Hey. <laughs> How about you, man? What's up with you? Oh, man. So much Assembly Required. If you haven't listened to it so far, please do us the favor and pick up Assembly Required, our new MCU retrospective, where we're going back and rewatching every single movie of the MCU. We've worked really hard on this show. Um, we've got a lot of great guests on there. We talk about every single movie. Oh, are you going to say something? It sounds like you're about to ASMR. Assembly required. <laughs> Listen to it. Spotify, Google Play, wherever podcasts are found. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to it so far, give it give it a, give it a little listen because if you like us and you like us talking about nerdy things, it's like this show but different. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but today we are back to talking about some video games, and there has been so much nonsense in the world of video games that it would be remiss for us not to talk about at least some of it. So let's see what's going on in the world of games. This is where Chris puts in the bumper. Wow. Waluigi time. Waluigi time. 
Waluigi time is right. <laughs> a few months ago, we saw that Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft had teamed up to target tariffs, right? The tariffs were happening, and they, they sort of had teamed up in a collected front. Well, big tariffs. To, big tariffs. That's where the whole big tariffs thing was, uh, was born. And they've teamed up again to now start giving the odds of loot boxes before you buy them on each of their platforms. And this is sort of these companies kind of seeing the writing between the the writing on the wall, I should say. And it sort of signals the end for that type of monetization strategy. We live in an era now where people are hypersensitive to the way they're being monetized and the sort of way that developers communicate with their communities. That's And that's through just talking and through monetization, right? Because if a developer talks to you very nicely, but then has a predatory monetization scheme, you, that doesn't fly anymore. In this yeah. day and age, you got to be able to do it all. And so I think this is just the beginning of the end of the whole loot box craze. Yeah. So <clears throat> what's interesting about this and, and all the companies involved, like all of the, um, I guess, developers rather involved, have kind of a different approach that they're going out with this because everybody currently does loot boxes kind of differently, but also kind of the same. Um, but essentially, like Eduardo said, they just want the, the FTC wants these companies to be displaying their loot box odds in some fashion. So everybody's approaching it from their own angle that falls within whatever the guidelines that are being set. Personally, I think this is really interesting because I think this would, so we've talked about this on the show before, where there's a lot of different government agencies that think that loot boxes are akin to gambling, which an argument can be made either way. I know that we didn't necessarily see 100% eye to eye on that when we talked about it long, long episodes ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, the way that this is being talked about right now for me i think it would actually make it worse for me um how do you how do you feel i'll t do you or do you want me to go first since i brought it up yeah i, I want to un understand what you mean by making it worse for you yeah yeah sure so you heard me talk about several times and a lot of you guys probably have if you've listened to this podcast um about the game marvel ultimate or avengers alliance that was on facebook uh it was a free-to-play facebook game it had microtransactions that were similar enough to loot boxes. It doesn't really matter. It's microtransactions, very similar. And they had these special ops. They called their events special ops. And the SO would come in for about 28 to 31 days. It occupied most of a month. And you would have that long to complete these missions that would go away after the event was over. And the missions usually had a character a new character that you could only unlock through that mission, as well as a couple of items that your agent could use. Um, for those of you that never played this, all the Avengers that you could put on your team had their own set of usually four different moves that they could learn. It was kind of like a tactical RPG. Um, but you always, no matter who, what two Avengers you put on your team, you always had your character, the agent, on the team as well. And you could give them armor, and then they had four weapon slots, and you essentially decided what four moves you wanted your character to have, right? So when these special ops missions were happening, you collect these four items that are unique to that special ops, and they usually played really nicely together, and you equip them on your agent, and blah, blah, blah. So I spent some significant money on that game. And the reason is because I'm a completionist, 
And if I didn't get all the things I wanted from that special ops mission before the time was over, and I was really compelled to get that item set, I would usually throw some money at the game. And the game didn't necessarily exactly tell you the odds, but the way that their loot box system works was it was a roulette. And they would have, it, it felt much more like gambling. Um, they had this roulette that was on screen that had like 20 different items in it. You spend real money, well, in-game equivalent of real money, and the roulette spins and whatever it lands on is the reward you get. And the reason I quit playing this game is because the very last special ops mission I ever played, I was three out of four of those items in the special ops mission. And the fourth one I needed was the one that they stuck in the roulette. And I spent an embarrassing amount of money trying to get that item because I could see the item in front of me. It didn't tell me the exact odds, but there were 20 items on the wheel and one of them was that item. So I look at that and visually I think I've got a one in 20 chance of getting this item. I've got at least a 5% chance of getting this item, right? Probably not true. Probably it was way less than that. Um, but I think the visualization of percentage, if you will, even though it wasn't probably exactly accurate, I think encouraged me to gamble more because I knew that that item was there and I knew there was some percent chance I could get it and I just wanted to keep going and I never got it. So I almost feel like like if I'm playing Overwatch and you tell me like, yo, that Doomfist skin you want, that's got a 5% chance to drop there might be a chance that I'm like, okay, yeah, let me spend some money. Or, you know, this weekend, that Doomfist skin has a 10% chance to drop. And then you also have to make sure that they're regulating how accurate those odds are. And you can't really do that on the front end because people don't understand statistics well enough as a whole. Because the I spun the wheel 10 times and it's a 10% chance. So I should have got it by the 10th time. Like that's not how statistics work. That's not how probability <laughs> works. You know what I mean? Does any of that make sense? Did I just word vomit? What What do you think? So I, I understand where you're coming from. I don't think for me, I'm, I'm sort of like a Han Solo on this. Never tell me the odds. Uh, <laughs> because as soon as I know the odds, I'm not going to want to do it. Like I, um, part of it is... I am more inclined to purchase things when I'm getting a deal than when it's just regular. Like if I know that the odds are a certain one, and then like you said, there was going to be a weekend where the odds are doubled, maybe I'd purchase it then. That's maybe one of the ways I'd be enticed to more to do it. But sure. I think personally what this is going to do is it's going to have to force developers to be a little bit more forgiving with some of these odds because people, People are going to see these odds. They're going to see, you know, they're all five, four percents, however ridiculously low percent some of these games have. And some of them have some really low percents and they're going to start rethinking what it is they're purchasing. And that's going to make some of these game developers. I personally, I see a world where some of these things just start going away because it is easier to just institute a battle pass at this point than it is to have loot boxes because you're putting in so much more work for your loot box when you yeah. could just have a battle pass instead, which has been proven to be just as lucrative. If That's not, maybe not wrong. Yeah. And so I just, I see companies heading in that direction rather than staying in the direction in which they're currently at. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. I mean, you know, I, I really only have this perspective from a couple of games because, you know, Overwatch, I don't really care. Um, and you get enough in-game currency that you don't really have to worry about 
anything in Overwatch unless you really, really, really want it. But I guess I didn't think about it that way. Like, I'm sure there are some really low drop rates that they will have to advertise. And if somebody... Like, I know that if I saw... If, if the visualization in Ultimate or um, Avengers Alliance would have been different, like, if they would have told me right away, like, I know there's only 20 items on that roulette, but you have a half a percent chance to get that specific item that might, I probably wouldn't have spun the wheel, you know? So maybe that's true. I don't know. We'll see. I want to see how it affects the things that we actually sometimes play. I agree. Also, this doesn't affect us that much because we mostly play on PC and this is PS4, Xbox and switch. Right. Yeah. That's so true. how much does this <laughs> actually affect us? Probably not at all. <laughs> I mean, we play Nintendo switch and I don't think we play anything with... Blue I can't boxes. wait for Super Smash to introduce <laughs> yeah. their Smash Boxes. Yeah, woo, Smash Boxes does not sound like it is nope, safe for that is a That is a different <laughs> thing. Let's move on to the next story. So, Borderlands 3, right? So it's this game, it's anticipated, it's coming out soon, people are getting hype for it, and there's been a particular guy who has been uh, leaking some information about the game. He's been slowly but steadily leaking Matt Supmato Summers. Um, he had been posting Borderlands videos. He had been posting them for years, but he, they finally started to gain traction once he started to have credible information about the game. And Take-Two was not very happy about it. And so at some point, they sent some private investigators to his house to try to get him to stop. Um, <sighs> now... I did some more research about this thanks to the folks over at Inside Gaming, and there's a little bit more to the story. So while that part is a little outlandish, apparently this person had been almost hacking them. They had taken, they were watching. Um, so what they were doing is they, they had some private streams up to, tw- to test how well the game would run on Twitch. And he had gotten the names for those private accounts. And although he couldn't watch the stream, he could still see the stream previews. And so he was looking at the thumbnails on the stream previews and then getting information that way. And then he was taking that information. And on YouTube, he was selling subscriptions to his Discord channel. Five bucks a pop. And if you entered his Discord channel, you could get access to all of the leaks and all the information he was leaking. That changes this story so like that's a 180 (laughs) that's a big 180 well okay i wouldn't say 180 i'd say that's a 120 because still don't show up at my goddamn house right but the guy definitely was doing some some fishy stuff and like how do we how do we i i think the 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 conversation i want to have about this is twofold the video game industry is getting to the point where they don't respect the video game consumer market and the video game consumer market has not respected the video game industry for years. And at this point, some of that disrespect is starting to bleed into each other. And you're starting to see things like private detectives being sent to streamers' houses, you know? And that's that's because of the sort of the, this this back and forth that the internet and, you know, the Reddit community and the keyboard warriors have been having with these video game developers for so long. Um, we're going to talk about a story... Um, here in just a moment that kind of takes it from the other perspective but this is specifically from the the 
the consumer's perspective, right? Do you think it was wrong for them to have sent those people? Do you think it was justified? I know as of right now, they're both being very quiet about the situation because uh, Take-Two is actually going to take some legal action against this person. Oh, boy. Well, I hope us discussing it does not cause anyone to show up at our houses. Uh, (laughs) But I don't know, man. Until you told me the information that he was selling the material that he was finding, I was very on his side. But now it's kind of, I don't know. So I imagine that when they found out that this was happening, they probably reached out to him first. And they probably reached out to him several different ways. I imagine that if they had private investigators show up at his house that they probably failed at getting in touch with him several times and they maybe didn't know what else to do. Is it okay to legally to just have a private investigator show up at someone's door? I am not an expert on that. I would pull your wife in the room for that, but I, I imagine that it is legal as long as they're not doing anything crazy. Like, They knock at the door. They honestly declare who they are. They ask to speak. Right. They ask to speak with this guy. If this guy agrees and they have a conversation and it's just boom. Like if he's agreeable to the whole thing and they're not being invasive or lying or anything, I feel like it's not illegal. But also that's just so creepy. Like one of my, maybe it's irrational because like I'm a smaller streamer, but like one of my, one of my fears that I legitimately have is the whole swatting thing. And I know we've talked about swatting on this podcast before too. I'm not going to get deep into what swatting is. You can look that up on the internet uh, if you want to find out it's because it's terrifying, but that is like maybe just a couple notches below swatting for me. Like I'm playing a game and someone shows up at my door and they want to question me. That's really scary. Um, But again, back to the, he was selling these leaks. Like, I well, imagine they, they had to try to get a hold of him, right? I hear what you're saying about them being invasive to him, but what he was he not already being invasive with their information, with their company's trade secrets, with their private information? Like we we're at a point right now where as the internet, we feel because of the way the internet is structured, because we have every bit of information at the tip of our fingers with our cell phones, that we are entitled to that information, right? Like, I am entitled to know everything about this game before it even comes out, regardless of what the developers think. And that's, I don't sure. think that's necessarily the right mindset to be at, because you're, I, I think <clears throat> there, there's got to be legally some. I mean, and look, I'm not a lawyer. I'm, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm married to you're one. Married I'm, to not one. one. <laughs> I'm not one. I'm married to the lawyer. <laughs> um, but I can tell you that I don't think there's think there's there's going to be a time now where some of this information because this has been happening for years, right? Game leaks is that's, that's not something new, but it is something that video game developers have just kind of dealt with because it's just the kind of thing a lot of the times it ends up leading to some good publicity. Um, it, but it was run through a third-party service, which Cat says, why was it not internal only? So when video game developers are testing out their game, part of the things they need to test is how it's going to handle that particular streaming platform. So part of this was Twitch's functionality allowed, so part of this is on Twitch because Twitch's functionality allowed this person to be able to view the thumbnails to be able to do it. You, there, there's no way to test the functionality with Twitch without actually using the, the site. The way they're supposed to do that is to be to uh, create private Twitch accounts, which no one is able to. Um, which no one is able to see. 
See, okay, so sorry to bounce back to what you're saying earlier. I think as a as a piggyback of what I said about how they probably tried to communicate with him a lot, I don't see why they couldn't have just shut down literally all his media. Like shut down all of his content. And they did. Like they banned him. He came back from like a two-week ban or something. But end it right there. Shut down all his content. Send this is the thing. When you are, and you probably know this because of what your job situation is, when you work in a place where you have to send emails um, to give people information or you have to call them to give them information or whatever, it, it comes down to you do your due diligence. If I send you an email about something that's very important and then I send a follow-up email like, hey, I noticed that you didn't read this thing. Here's all the details and here's all the consequences if you don't like respond to this properly. At that point, it's on you because I've given you all of the information. They could have, if they did try to reach out to him, give him all the information. He didn't comply. They shut everything down and send him one more email that says, hey, we got all of your shit taken away from you because you did not reach back out to us. Deal with the consequences. And I think that possibly could have been enough um, instead of sending people to his house. Well, I think the the problem being that the it, there there's twofold, right? Because I don't know. It depends on how he's marketing his videos. Because if his videos are considered fair use, he is okay to post the videos. But should he have them in the first place? The way he acquired the video could be what is the not so legal point of it, rather than the actual posting of the videos. Sure, sure. So, if I don't only know, we it's... knew somebody who could <laughs> actually give us a little bit more. Of a detailed response. Should we get Bailey in here? Um, what does she know about it? She doesn't know anything about it. We could explain well, it to her and get her her cold thoughts on it right now. I mean, it would add some. It would add some time to the podcast. All right, come here. All right she's here. Yeah, we got it. We got Bailey. Okay, so we're phoning a friend. Happened. So cut it out if I don't know anything. You don't know anything. Uh, no. Yeah, we're not oh, cutting anything okay. out. So this this no guy, cuts. he was um, leaking information about a game that's about to come out. And then he had a Twitch stream, or not a Twitch stream, like a YouTube channel. And he was charging people money to join his Discord where he would give them information about the game. What a scammer. And so the game company um, eventually ended up sending two private investigators to his house to kind of get more information and to get him to stop doing it. So, and apparently now they're heading into legal proceedings. How much of a legal... How much of a legal ground does, do they have if he was leaking their information? Now, the way he was... Oh, yeah. How did he get it? So, they were running private Twitch streams. Yeah. can't believe she those, wasn't just listening to the podcast. <laughs> in those private Twitch streams, they were um, they were watching the thumbnails. So, when you see a Twitch stream like this, yeah. it has... If you're, like, browsing, they have, like, thumbnails yeah. of, like, the stream. And while they couldn't watch the full video, they were getting screenshots of the thumbnails yeah. because of a bug in Twitch's system. Wait, so... How did he get... Bailey's so, being super helpful he, so far. So during one of their streams, <laughs> apparently one of their, like... Um, so was he just, like, watching at the right time or something? Well, he was watching at the right time to, to get the name, and then he started following that person and then watching the little thumbnails yeah. to then get information and link the information. So in a way, the information was already out there. Right, the information was sort of already out there, but then he well, was distributing the information and getting money for it. I think it would only be a trade secret issue if 
he like worked for them or if he got to like be part of their private things. So because he's like a a third party. Yeah, it sounds like he just found it. Like he just was a clever, sneaky guy. And then, so being <laughs> clever sneaky, girl is that like cool? Like you can just be sneaky and that's well, it. Well, it's not a trade secret. What if they're arguing it is? I don't. Think then they shouldn't have broadcast it on Twitter. Something different. I don't. I don't know what a trade secret is. <laughs> It's like hey, we've got a ruling. Like the, the only official ruling. It's not illegal. Well, the the trade secret is like the thing. recipe for a Krabby Patty. So what That's type of illegal secret. is it? I don't know. I have to think about it. What did they? What what are, what are the legal proceedings? That I don't know. I know that they're because they're being really quiet about it because now both of them are like have now started to like be really quiet because they're investigating they it. Sent a cease and desist. We hope you enjoyed this small. But they did send a cease and desist after before they spousal their, break. Uh, from Squad Up Podcast. Yeah, they could be like, Please consider subscribing to the podcast if you haven't already, liking and <laughs> commenting and uh, emailing the show at squadupcast at gmail.com. Email the show and do all kinds of stuff with the show. <laughs> I'll have to think about it. I'll get back. Okay, well, thank you for that. That was Bailey, everyone, with her concrete information. Okay, well, you were just saying random nonsense. So I was saying random nonsense? I at least said educational nonsense. and now back to the show <laughs> okay <laughs> so we talked about this from necessarily we, we've kind of talked about it from the the perspective of the consumer right what was the streamer's name the, the st- goodness I don't gracious real name, like i don't that. know his name it was uh matt something well, what's the story called? What should I search? It's in it's in the chat if you were watched listening to our podcast. This guy. Bailey. Okay, thanks. Memorize his face. <laughs> so the internet was stupid again. And they so there was a, a video game that the video game developers got an exclusivity deal with Epic Games. And they Put out a tweet about that, about them getting it, and it was a little tongue in cheek. Um, let me see if I can find the the tweet itself. It was actually a blog post, actually. So basically, they they put out a little tongue in cheek thing saying, if you don't like that we're you know signing with Epic Games, kind of get over it. Um, they are giving the, Epic Games is giving them them enough money that if the game doesn't sell, they will at least break even. Um, and as a small indie developer, that's it's very you know. It's important, right? Like, is it, you're an indie developer. You're working on your game. There's nobody else with you. It's like a husband-wife team that have been working on this game. And they put out a tweet that was basically like, if you don't like it, like, too bad. Like, you know, this isn't as bad as you guys think it is. Like, we need this. And people were really upset about it because people are still on the we hate Epic Games train. And some people had even written them death threats. They had sent hateful messages. They had been really sort of vile and nasty. And over a game. this is why companies send private detectives to your house because you act like this. <laughs> this is why this happens over a game, over man. a video game. And you don't even have to buy the game. No, or play the game. A lot of the, a lot of the comments there um, were about how this isn't how you treat your customers. You listen to what your customers have to say. First off, you're not their customers because you're not going to buy their game. Correct. Right. Like if you are here and you're complaining about all of this, you're not their customer. You're just somebody who wants to complain on the internet under the guise of being a potential customer. Right. 
And I don't think that people should be treated like this. You shouldn't be giving anybody death threats on the video or on the internet, especially if it's about a video game. This makes me sad to a, such a deeper level than just talking about video games because you and I are both of the millennials generation and you and I both know, and, and so do all the other millennials and younger generations out there, how often we get shit on for things that are just not our faults or things that are just stupid. And, you know, a lot of us, when we talk about this stuff, at least between my friends, and I'm sure a lot of other millennials and younger generations talk about how treating people like that is not acceptable and how we're going to be better than that and this and that. And I can't imagine the video game demographic being super high and generations older than us. So my thought is that there are a lot of people that are our age or younger sending these tweets and death threats to people when they're probably also preaching in real life that everybody should treat them better and this and that. It is a goddamn video game that you don't have to buy, that you don't have to support, and they're not wrong. If you don't like it, you don't have to buy it. It's that's you, you, you don't like you don't just decide how people are allowed to run their business. If they want to issue a tweet that says, hey, I, I'm sorry if you don't like this game, but if it might not be for you, that's the end of the line. You don't have to do anything in retaliation to that. I just I I don't want our generation to be like that. And I don't want the community. If you're in the gaming community and you act like that, I don't think that me delivering this monologue is going to change anything for you, but grow the fuck up. Like it's not okay. It's not acceptable. Be a kind human and just move on. Go find something better to do. I'm sorry. That, that made me really heated. No, I think you're, you have every right to be heated because it's like, it makes us look bad, right? Like we are, we're, we're gamers, right? We like to play video games. We like to be on the internet. We're millennials. And here we have other people that are, sort of tarnishing the name and being outlandish and crazy. And I don't think it's a ton of people. I think there is a vocal minority out there. But the problem is that vocal minority gets headlines. They're the and that's like what they do it for, right? They do it for the headlines. They do it to go viral. That's what they that's what they're here for. Yeah, well, I'm sorry that they don't get the attention that they need, but that's it's just not and I know you agree with this. That's just not the right way to to do it. Absolutely not. And anybody who's out there sending death threats over a video game should be ashamed of themselves. Especially, yeah, never mind. Just, I, I'm so mad right now. Uh, people, people, just be kind to each other. Yeah, it just doesn't... The video game industry and the video game community need to start seeing eye to eye on a few things. One of them is that the video game industry is not this, this alien creature that is somehow different from every other capitalist venture out there. People hold video game companies at this on this pedestal, on this standard that you don't hold any of your other companies to. You, you know, you, you don't go to to, to Amazon and expect them to drop everything and have the product that you're looking for. You don't go to some of these other stores. You don't go to your grocery store and be like, if you don't have this, I'm pissed. You don't do that because you, you think that the video game industry owes you something because you give it so much of your time. But in fact, in my opinion, you owe the video game industry something for giving you the time.
for being able to provide something that gives you that much time and that much happiness, right? And if it's not bringing you happiness, if you feel that these games do not bring you happiness, go do something else. Right. Go play something else. Go do something that does make you happy. But the idea should be, this is this is how easy it should be. It should be, I make video game. Video game either makes you happy or doesn't make you happy. If it makes you happy, you play the game. If it doesn't make you happy, you don't play the game. And then we all move on and get on with our lives. Right. It's it's literally that easy. And you it can really apply is. that same con that same concept to so many things, but it's just it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it's tough, man, because that is uh, <laughs> Video games have gotten more and more popular over the years. We're getting to the point now where more people are playing video games than ever. I think I saw it was uh, 3.5 billion people on the planet play video games. And Boy. yeah, it's a lot of people. And they don't ha- still, there's that many people and they still don't have a good reputation. Video gamers still, still don't have it. And part of that is, you know, media painting video games in a bad light, which we're not going to talk about in this episode. I almost had it as part of the show, but we've done a show about that. Our first show <laughs> was about that. And I don't want to talk about that again. Yeah. But, you know, video games are not this evil thing. Video gamers aren't these evil people. But some of us are painting us out to be. And it's really sad. I got nothing else. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dry. Do you know the DuckTales theme song? I know. Woo! <laughs> Same. I know that... I know that... <laughs> I know that video on YouTube where it's like in a different language and the subtitles are reading it as if it's in English. You know what I'm talking about? No. Uh, your school's stupid. Your school's not a DuckTales. Woo-hoo. Like, <laughs> it's really dumb. It's really stupid. <laughs> so DuckTales, uh, the Woo-hoo. remake, a re- it was like a... Was it a remake of the original, or was it its own? Was it its own it's thing? Like a, I'm pretty sure it was a digital download, uh, re, remastered game. Okay, and it was the the Ducktales game that everybody was so fond of. Everybody's fond yes. of their their, their Ducktales. Some tight, hot platforming action with ducks, and it's leaving digital storefronts forever. It's gone. Uh, the oh. last day to grab it is going to be today. Starting Uh-oh. August 8th. I wonder Uh-oh. if it's still there. Hold on. Let me see if it's still there. Okay, August 9th. So at the by the end of today, you, you won't be able to pick it up anymore. Also, it's on Steam right now for $3.50. So if you want to yeah, you pick it up. Buy that. Yeah, for three, <laughs> $3.50. Like, you got Tree Fitty? Um, you got about Tree Fitty. <laughs> about uh, just pick it up but then it'll be gone forever and this brings up a really interesting discussion about the state of digital video games and why people are kind of holding on to their physical copies for dear life because things like this can happen what happens when i download that video game and my hard drive fries what happens to that video game it's yeah. gone forever right and the more that happens the more the video game will cease to be i think chris had when we talked about the game the, the streaming future of video games he had expressed concern about this exact topic about games starting to sort of disappear into nothingness and I this was on is his side with that yeah yeah and this is this is you guys it's proof of concept here this is what you guys are talking about yeah yeah i i you know i didn't i haven't played ducktales and I'm, i've heard really good things about it um, <laughs> 
it sucks that it's going away. And, and, you know, I was even thinking with before on the episode that we talked about this, we were specifically talking about Stadia and, you know, Stadia has the same, they can have the same business practices, you know, if they want to put all these hot games on their platform and then they just decide, you know, this one's not doing it for me anymore. We're going to take it away. If we get to a point where games only exist in a digital format, I mean, with Stadia specifically, there's no saving it to your to your computer. There's no hiding it in a cloud. It's gone. You know, at least with Steam, if you buy something on Steam and, and your computer blows up or whatever the hell awful thing could happen to it, at least it's still in your Steam library. You can still download it on a new machine. But, you know, if we get to the point where it's just all digital all the time, hopefully we never truly get there, um, then you could lose access to stuff that you care about. And honestly, truly, it doesn't matter if a game gets really poor reviews or stops being popular. If it's a game that you love and you paid for, you, you want to keep that game. You know, I'm sure all of us have a game that actually sucks, but we love for nostalgic reasons or for for whatever. And if that game were digital and went away forever, we'd be sad. So I don't know. It's kind of freaky, man. How do you feel about it now? Because you were, I think you, I don't know if you fully disagreed with us, but you were definitely more on the side of, I'm excited about Stadia. This is going to be good. I'm still excited about Stadia. I think, I think a lot of things need to happen for this to go right. One, we've already talked about the video game community needs to be more mature. It needs to know how to have a mature discourse with each other and with developers. Two, I think if the video game community can accomplish that, they can ask for things and things can realistically happen rather than just yell and yell and yell into a void. I think there will be a time where Stadia will have to will have no choice but to let you download the game after you purchase it. I think there will be enough backlash from people who don't have good enough internet connections or people whose internet goes out or people who just want to have the game locally that they will have to submit and say you have two options. You can stream the game or you can download it from our server. I think that's where we will head. So I, I and I, I hope we're going to head that way, right? I, I hope that's in a perfect world. That's where we go. But a lot of things have to happen for us to get there. So I'm still excited about it um, yeah. because it would still be in a very similar vein. But do I think it's going to happen? I don't know. I hope so. I'm still excited for Google Stadia. I think it's going to be cool. I mean, I've, I've talked about multiple times that I played Project Stream and how impressed I was with it and how I saw it as a proof of concept that I know it works and it works really well. And once you actually see it in action, uh, you'll be just as impressed as I was, but I don't, I don't know, man. I don't think it, uh, I I don't think this is a good sign for the rest of the video game market, right? The video games just start sort of disappearing. It's kind of scary because even if Stadia were to implement something like that, where they allow you to download it, it still falls under the, well, if I let you download this uh, and your computer blows up, and now it's not in our archive anymore, you don't have the game, and we're not providing it. So I don't know if that would be a a 100% fix to the issue, um, unless they were going to provide some sort of cloud storage where you buy the game and it lives in their their cloud, you know? It also Um, leads to a more complicated world when it comes to other forms of media. Think about movies. think, Think about music. Do you own something because you purchased it, or does the person that make it own it? You know, like you got, a, you got a lawyer right behind you, dude. I mean, <laughs> I think she's got Teddy. an update on our uh, 
on our story before with the uh, with the the guy with the the private investigators. Yeah, what do we got? What's the verdict? Why did this idiot let them into his house? I don't okay, know. Is that what you came here to say? Well, first of all, if some men are knocking at lean into the mic. What are you doing? <laughs> Two men are at your door. Stop. Get closer to the microphone. What do you want me to do? Just get closer. Yeah, right there. Turn really down so that you can't hear anything else around oh. it. You have to get closer to it. Um, I just think he's really stupid for seeing two men at his door and being like, come on in. You can interrogate me for 45 minutes because they're private investigators. They're not like cops. He could have been like, yeah. no, thanks. So that was his bad. Um, yeah, I, I read agree their with that. statement and it talks about how um, he was leaking confidential information about their product, but he said he got it just from like a weird twitch bug bug so i think they're just completely wrong about that that's what i think um but then the stuff was taken down for copyright just because of like youtube and twitch's terms of service so that's like whatever um but, but he shouldn't have gotten away with paying or i think he should have just charging like, people. you guys can come back with a warrant or you can not come back at all <laughs> how much does him paying people change it i don't think it does like if a journalist saw these leaks and reported it like is that any different than like a private citizen doing it that's a good point that is true the journalist i sell it in like a newspaper what's the difference no it would yeah. be exactly the same i think he didn't do anything wrong it was a shady scheme i guess but maybe they should do a better job with their game testing that was something that popped into my head too though is that if if investigators show up at your house they still have like you still have to have a warrant to search somebody or to question them in every situation unless there is a uh, a pressing cause that causes the warrants to not be necessary uh it's it's with almost everything you need a warrant you can't just say i'm searching your shit do you look more shady if somebody comes up to you and says i want to search your house and you say absolutely not yeah you look more shady but they still need to have a warrant to do it. Because unless, it's your right. Right. Unless you open your door and they see that you are literally in the middle of murdering people or some other really messed up activity. Sure. They, they need a warrant. So I guess in that case, it is his fault for talking to them. Right. He was very, very stupid to talk to. But me. speaking as the guy who like, you know, people of all religious backgrounds show up at my door and I talk to them for 45 minutes, I probably would have talked to the friend. <laughs> oh, dude, you've seen my YouTube stuff. channel? Yeah, I don't know how to tell people to go away. So <laughs> there's that. All right, well, it's been a, a wonderful past few weeks in the world of gaming and there's been all kinds of fun stuff to talk about, but let's put that behind us. Let's put the behind in your past and let's hey. talk about what we've been playing you and i have both been enthralled with some team fight tactics recently yeah enthralled is a word so here's the thing with team fight tactics i really like that game and i also absolutely hate that game <laughs> yeah. 
That's kind of how I'm feeling right now. Oh, man. There are times when I'm winning in that game where I feel so good. And I'm like, I'm the best player this game's ever had. Everybody's <laughs> awful except for me. And then I like will get a game where I just get trounced over and over and over again. And I go, this is the worst game I've ever played. Why does anybody play this game? <laughs> I think I think it's cool. It's obviously a lot of fun. And you do get those highs when you you craft a winning team and you you outsmart your opponents or you might just get lucky and get the characters from the pool before they do um but i still think it's in a place where hopefully they continue to change and tweak some things about it because there's certain things about tft that i i really don't like um for instance the carousel for you for those of you not familiar with team fight tactics um we talked about it on the last episode but in the beginning, in the very beginning, and then a couple times, th- a couple more times throughout the game, there's this wheel of characters that just spins in the middle, and everybody in the very first round, everybody just with their character runs into one of the spinning characters to basically put them on their team to pick them up, and you know if someone gets taken, you can't pick them up; they someone else already took them. The carousel, I think, could use some work because. Once you select a character, you can keep running around with your character sprite in the carousel and like interrupt other people from getting things and like block them and that sort of thing. I think that's kind of obnoxious. Um, I think once you collect your character from the wheel, you should be teleported back to the starting area and just get out of the way so that you don't interfere with other people trying to get their stuff. Um, Because it's supposed to work in such a way where the people that are doing the worst get the first shot at the carousel. And you've already you've already used your advantage. You've already gone to the carousel first and gotten the character you want. Now get the hell out of the way. You know, how do you feel about that aspect? I have never been the person at the bottom of the carousel that has gotten the thing that they wanted. No. Every single time <laughs> I am at the bottom of the carousel, the thing that I want is on the other side of me and the other person gets it. Every <laughs> single time. I have never been like, oh, wow, this carousel is really great. Oh, gosh, gee whiz. No, it's awful. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like the carousel kind of at all. I, I think it – I appreciate it in the vein that it helps create a sort of catch-up mechanic so that it's not just a snowball fest where you start winning and then you keep winning and then you you know you don't stop. I can't yeah. stop. And you know you just sort of just keep going and going and going. But I don't like the mechanics of it. I think there should be a way to do it where other... I don't know, man. Like I don't know the way to do it. I don't know the, the, the best way to do it, but I just don't know what the car- if the carousel's the best way. I just thought of something that I liked personally. So you ever play dodgeball? Yes. So you know in dodgeball, the balls sit on like the... The, the middle. Half the middle. Yeah, yeah Everybody yeah, yeah. has to run up to the middle to grab a dodgeball in the beginning. So what if the carousel still does its two people at a time thing where the lowest, the two worst performing players, they go first and so on and so forth. But you've got the middle where all of the characters with their items sit. And then there are four people at the top of the screen and four people at the bottom of the screen. And the two worst people are on the left so that when it's their turn to go, they both have an equal shot of getting whichever character they want because they'd have to run in the same uh, line whatever angle of pursuit it would take to get to that character. They both have the same chance to get the character they want. And then they get their character, they teleport back to the line and then so on and so forth. That, that seems like it would be, it wouldn't look cool. Like it wouldn't look fun. Like a carousel does. It'd be more satisfying. Right. There's a lot of, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, honestly, for me, the most important part of the carousel seems to be the items that the characters are holding, because you pick up a character even if you're not going to use it, and you immediately sell them to get the item that they have. But then, again, usually there's one or maybe two good items on the carousel, and you don't get them if you go any point after the second person. (laughs) So... I don't know how you feel that. The carousel is a weird thing. I've played some of the other auto chess things, and uh, Team Fight Tactics is the only one that has it. All of yeah. the other ones just do sort of a, a pretty standard system. That being said, I think Team Fight Tactics plays the best. I think um, it, it, the, the, the mechanics are a little better because I like the way League of Legends characters, like their hits are impactful. I can, they're very easy to recognize. And I've played like the Dota one, and that one can get a little kind of muddy and messy because the animations and the like striking isn't as isn't as clear it's not as um as easy to read and i think while it does have some things that i do like i, I end up going back to team fight tactics but honestly here's my biggest problem with team fight tactics my favorite part of team fight tactics is being able to be creative and find fun compositions and win that way but the game gets figured out so quickly that People are already on the public. Um, is it the the PBR that they're the PBE? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's not the, the PBR. Beta, the public beta environment. It's not the Paps Blue Ribbon. Um, the the PTR, the public test or the private test. I don't know. Listen, no, they're beta servers. It's PBE because PTR is um, Blizzard. Okay. Yeah. Um, but people are already testing things on the PBE before they even come out. So by the time it actually reaches live servers, everyone already knows the the like the best composition and they're all already there. And like that, that's not fun to me. That's not why I play the game. I'm like, I get it that winning is cool, but if I'm just going for the same thing every single time, that's not fun to me. I like being able to yeah. be like, oh, what just happens when I bring these guys in? So maybe I should just be playing only the PBE, I guess. But that's also not the funnest thing in the world right like yeah and also the problem with that it's it's even it's even tougher than it even sounds at first right because anybody with an inter- internet connection can find the sites that highlight what the best com- combinations are right and you might be one of the few people that knows that combination for a few days but then everybody knows that combination and then everybody's taking those characters and there's only a limited amount of each character in the pool so it's like Everyone's playing the same game. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you that that part of it is kind of like we had that um, when we first started playing the hot thing at the moment was sorcerers. And you could get as long as you got six sorcerers and like one other character. You could win without upgrading your heroes that far. They were that combination was just that good. And the item that went with it was that broken. And I remember winning like eight games in a row. And you guys were like, really, you probably wouldn't tell me, but you were mad at me. I knew you guys were mad (laughs) because I just kept winning with sorcerers. There wasn't anything anyone could do about it. But then once that caught on, everybody was picking up sorcerers. And I don't think that's, I I don't think it's your fault. I think it's the game. I think it's just the design of the game. And it's really difficult to circumvent that because one of the things they have to do is they have to make changes very like constantly. There has to be constant changes. There has to be constant things. And they also have to introduce a little bit more. It can't be luck though. That's the thing, right? Is that the way they're trying to introduce the variance is to have a little bit more luck in there. But like, because the game is so mechanically simple, 
the only thing you can focus on are the luck elements. So let's take a different game, right? Let's take let's take Heroes of the Storm. Think about Heroes of the Storm and think about the luck elements are in that are in that game. The percentage chance you have to hit certain things, the percentage chance that certain things are going to go your way. Those things are masked because you have the added extra layer of your own personal skill there, right? So while I can be like, man, this thing didn't work out for me, I can also be like, I also just didn't play as good as I probably could. Right. Because I missed my skill shot. Right. No matter how much the other variances are, I'm the one that needs to make my skill shot. I'm the one that needs to do that. So there are other things. In Teamfight Tactics, there's nothing like that. There's nothing you could say maybe, oh, I, I didn't pick up the correct guy, but like, most of the time it's like, well, I didn't get three of the same guy, so I lose to the guy that did get three of the same guy. And it, like those type of things don't feel good. And a lot of what game development is, and this is me, you know, backseat game development because I've never developed a game before, but as a, <laughs> a, a person who's played a lot of games, um, a lot of what video games is is being, being able to create things that make you feel good, right? They make you feel like you want to continue to play. And a lot of the things in Teamfight Tactics right now make me not want to play the game because it just it just feels like a waste of time. Like there doesn't I don't feel like I'm getting any better. I don't feel like I'm getting better at the game. I don't think there's I don't feel any sort of progression. I just feel like I got lucky this game or I didn't get lucky this game. You know what though? I think at the end of the day like it it is and you know this. It is a new game for League and League does have a very polished product in their regular game and I think that they will uh I think they will take what they have and they'll improve upon it. Cause I can think of another thing I'd love to see changed too, um, where if you don't get an item from an NPC, you get gold instead. It's like, you can't buy items with gold. So this doesn't necessarily help me at the moment that I'm getting gold. Like if I, if somebody else gets fights, the wolves and there are five wolves and they get five items from the wolves and I get five gold from the wolves, that is drastically different. Like I'm fucked, <laughs> basically. So I, you know, I think we we are nitpicking a little with the different things that we personally think can be improved. But I think that Riot does a good job of tailoring their games and improving them over time. And it's just the beginning for TFT. They're gonna, I think they're gonna stay successful because, I mean, I, I think the other auto chesses are free right now, but but they are free, and that's where leagues success i think started in the beginning was that riot put this game out for free with the ability to purchase aesthetic items and then they just kept making a quality game and if they do that again with this game on their platform they're gonna have another another winner but yeah the 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 concept of the game as a whole has i think some improving to do i will tell you that Although on PC the best version is Teamfight Tactics, the other two both have mobile apps, and Teamfight Tactics does not. And all of your progression that you can play on the mobile version. Let me let me pull up uh, pull up Dota Underlords. Does it transfer between platforms? Yes, it does. Oh, that's, that's sexy. That's hot. It transfers between platforms, and it is the exact same game. It looks exactly the same. You can't see that. Let me try to get that. It's, I think my screen's a little bright. But it's the exact same game. You can play on your phone or you can play on the, the PC. And so it's definitely got some uh, some of its own things. I prefer to play Teamfight Tactics. But honestly, it just doesn't... For me, the experience of it 
feels better on mobile. There are times where I want to play. I think it'd be perfect on mobile. I think mobile is where it would really shine. I think it's cool on PC because we're playing it and it's a fun game, but I think it'd be best on mobile. Like I think the reason I like Dota Underlords is not because it's a better game because I don't think it is. I think it's because it's just on mobile and it's more comfortable for me to play. It feels like it could translate really well from pretty much all aspects because it's not that graphically intense and it's a simple concept. I've also continued to play Final Fantasy XIV. I have been chugging along at that. It's interesting because unlike other MMOs, every other MMO is like, here is the MMO and then back here in the back seat somewhere in the trunk is the story. For <laughs> Final Fantasy XIV, the story is front and center. Everything you do is a singular narrative and you're basically following. Like, You don't need to play any of the MMO-iness of it until you get to the end game. Up until you get to the end game, you're just kind of playing a single player RPG that other people just kind of are, can also play with you if they want to. Um, there are certain points where you have to queue up for dungeons, but all of that is done with a dungeon queuer, so you don't need to think about anything. There are instance fights, but once again, you can just queue up with people, and it's really easy to do, and you don't actually have to think about anything. So you don't actually need to play with people all the way up until the end game. I will tell you, though, from the start, from where you get to level one to end game, is the longest thing of my entire life. There is so <laughs> much that has happened from the beginning of this game up until the current expansion. I am through the first expansion right now. I'm almost at the end of the first expansion, and I have two more expansions to go. And I've been playing this game for like two, three months now, I haven't been playing it every day. I haven't been playing it super regularly, but I've been playing it regularly enough to where I think I should be farther than I am. And there is just so much to get through. Also, you, go ahead. I was going to say, when you say that it's heavily story-based, are you like forced to listen to the story elements? Or is it like, wow, where they try to tell you the story and you can just skip it? You can skip any of it, but there are lots of cutscenes. Lots okay. of voice cutscenes, lots of interactions, lots of story beats. Like the, the, it's a story game that also ends up being an MMO. Okay. Um, so if you if you like Final Fantasy stories and you just want to play a Final Fantasy game, I guess that's like a good thing to do. But I will tell you, yeah. it is very long. And also, the first expansion, they're not the first expansion. The original, like the Realm Reborn, which is the first uh, Final Fantasy. Realm Reborn is the like the base game, is the most boring thing I've ever played in my entire life. And once oh, no. you get past the first chunk. Everything is great, but that first chunk is a grind and it's really hard to get through and it's not that fun. Gotcha. Good sell. I still I will continue to not play it. No, I don't think <laughs> I don't think I don't think anybody if you don't have like if you don't want to play it right now, don't play it. Like don't if yeah. you're like half and half on it, don't play it. The only reason I'm playing it is because a buddy of mine wanted me to get in there and I literally never say no when somebody wants to play a video game with me. That's not true, but <laughs> it's pretty close to true. It's very close to... Okay, unless I'm like, you know... Eduardo, play Kaizo with me. Okay, all right. Well, okay, yeah, come on. exactly. Well, also, <laughs> exactly. we're not playing together. It's like, Eduardo, play Kaizo in another place at the same time as me. Yeah, you know what? Spark and Moat and I do that. Yeah, but that's not all me right? playing with you. That's me playing next to you. That's the same thing. Let's, let's both sit on our computers and play solitaire. Play. How fun is this? <laughs> hey, the solitaire streams are great, okay? <laughs> Oh, wow. What a weird segue. I played some Super Mario World in my stream the other day. How interesting and new. Oh, my God. How, tell me all about it. 
there's not much to tell, but it was a nice way to return to the stream. I'll say that it felt familiar. I got to say, um, I, you know, since Mario Maker 2 came out, we were playing that for a long time. And I do plan to get back into that, actually, in the stream that's coming up. But um, Mario Maker 2 and Super Mario World handle so differently. They might not look like they handle differently from a viewer's perspective. But if you've played both games, you, you know what I'm talking about. If you've only played one, maybe not so much. But Mario World is a lot less um, slippery there's a lot more, um, I'd say, precise button control that you need to have as far as jumping goes um, and other technical tricks. Super Mario Maker is slippery. It's really slippery, especially because you can have the Super Mario World theme in Mario Maker. It gets really confusing. I'm sure everybody that streams both of these games agrees with me here. If you go between playing a Super Mario World ROM hack and then you go and you play a Super Mario World theme in Mario Maker 2, it is so confusing. It hurts your brain because you expect the controls to be the same and then they're not. They're just they're just different enough to where you feel kind of homesick, <laughs> you know? Um, so when we were playing Super Mario World in the stream two days ago, it was really nice to go back to SMW ROM hacks. But at the same time, I felt for a while like I was playing a completely new game. And it was like riding a bike. You know, eventually I was like, oh, yeah, I know how to do this. But it's still it was kind of jarring to get in there and be like, why am I not slippery? It's going <laughs> to mess know? you up when you get back to Mario Maker. I know. Saturday is going to be great. <laughs> so. Yeah. We both also go ahead. I was going to say, we both have Ultimate Alliance on there as our last one. We UA3. Dabbled in some Ultimate Alliance. I can say confidently that I I don't love the game. Oh, I, no. I think it's fine. Like, I think it's a fun game. I think it's a fun game to play with my friends, but I don't think I would ever play it over any of the other games I'm playing. Oh, my goodness gracious. What was that? Uh, that was Dota Underlords finally finishing its update. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Um, I don't think I would play it over any of the other games that I that I have. Like I don't think that I'd play it over Team Fight Tactics, even though I think I'm gonna take a little bit of a break because I've not been having a fun time with it. I don't think I would play it over Final Fantasy. I don't think I would play it over any of the story games that I I'd wanna delve back into. It just if my friends are on and they wanna have a good time, sure. But the game just doesn't seem like it has it, it gets really repetitive and like that's, this is coming from someone who really enjoys Diablo 3. I enjoy Diablo 3 a lot. This game is not nearly as satisfying. Like The combat is ne not nearly as satisfying as it, as it is in Diablo 3. There's also no loot, so there's not, a, there's not really a point to what you're doing except progressing the story. Yeah, I, I was kind of um, taken aback by the no loot, but only because the last game of that style that I played that is also a Marvel game was X-Men Legends, and X-Men Legends did have loot. Um, enemies sometimes dropped gear that you could equip on your characters. So I was kind of expecting that. I think the game is enjoyable, and I think you need to... Maybe you have tried everybody, and I'm just not giving you credit, but I had to cycle through a few different characters to find the ones that I really enjoyed playing as because um, there's so many characters to choose from. The only real, um, I guess, nitpick I have about the game is that we're in 2019, and the graphics in that game feel like they're stuck in 2010. 
I agree. And I, it it feels weird. Like it's not like it's unplayable, and it's not like I'm only playing games that are as graphically intense as possible. You know, I play Super Mario World most of the time, <laughs> but it just kind of feels weird to be playing a game in 2019 that came out in 2019 for a system that's capable of handling beautiful, beautiful rendering of characters and images and that sort of thing. And it just, and it, and it looks like it's an old game. Right. Um, that's kind of weird to me, but I think it's, I, I think it's fun. Yeah. I don't think it's not like, I just, I think it's fun with friends, but I don't think I would go out of my way to continue playing it. You know, it's fun with friends. And the reason that my, uh, actual list of games is so small hmm. building a pc baby hey, hey let's oh, talk about that it. you did so many uh so many upgrades and i don't know if we've have we done a show since i upgraded my pc no we both have upgraded pcs wow so we both went out we upgraded we upgraded our pc no, we have we have done one show since then because we? we did a show when i came back from visiting okay so we have yeah. so you guys know about my pc but peaches followed suit the old yeah, Mr. Copycat over here and uh, <laughs> upgraded his PC. There's all sorts of all sorts of rainbow nonsense in there. Yeah, it's great. I, you know, partially, I, I wasn't lying at the beginning of this. Partially, our absence is due to me taking some time to myself. But I also spent most of Thursday night, a large deal of Friday, uh, putting this computer back together. It's a big debacle. If you haven't heard this story, prepare to cringe, especially if you are a PC lover. So I, I built this new machine, and it's not completely new. I extracted some parts from my old PC. What I needed to extract from my old PC were the storage drives. I wanted to keep all of my stuff you know, intact. I took the video card out of my old machine, which is a GeForce uh, GTX 1070 Ti. Didn't want to have to buy a, a new video card because that one's fine. And then I took the CPU out of my old machine, except I was being careless when I was removing the CPU and I did not lay my computer down flat. I pulled up on the lever to take the CPU out. It fell onto my desk and a ton of the pins were bent beyond repair. Womp womp. Maybe, maybe not beyond repair, but I wasn't comfortable bending them back into position and then hoping that everything still worked. So I had to get another one, but we did rebuild with everything else. We got a new case from NZXT. Most of the stuff in the machine is Corsair. So we got, um, we've got 64 gigs of RGB Ram. It is so satisfying to look at this Ram. You can do all sorts of cool light show effects with the, um, IQ software that Corsair uses for their, their RGB. I also got liquid cooling that has RGB elements over the CPU. Um, and that can sync together with the RAM. So you can do all sorts of cool things. Um, and everything else I got really isn't that interesting to mention, I guess. I got a new, I got a new network card. Ooh, <laughs> so, yeah, it looks really great. Eduardo's looks a little bit better than mine right now, I'll admit, because he's got more RGB elements in there with the fan. But I just bought some RGB fans. There you so go. Those will be installed by the next time you hear Squad Up. Oh, oh, baby. I love it when you talk dirty. <laughs> God help us all. God bless Iron Man. God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Speaking of Iron Man, make sure you turn into assembly required. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I think that'll do it for this episode of Squad Up. Thank you, everybody who has listened so far. Everybody who's here in the chat, we appreciate you. If you haven't taken a listen so far, please go over uh, to your favorite podcast catcher and take a listen to Assembly Required and MCU Retrospective. Um, we've been working really hard on that show, and that's why this show is kind of kind of taking a little bit of a backseat as we continue to try to pump out those episodes. But don't worry, we're still making Squad Up. The squad is still here. We're just evolving. If you want to email the show, email the show at squaduppodcast at gmail.com. You can find the podcast at Squad Up Podcast on Twitter and at Facebook. You can find me at ABCD Eduardo One. Peaches, where can the folks find you? Yo, find me all over the internet. We're on uh, Twitch, twitch.tv slash peaches, P E A C H 3 Z. We're on Instagram and Twitter, D underscore peaches. Um, and I've got a Discord too. You can find a link to my Discord if you're interested in being a part of the streaming community. Uh, my streaming community in particular. Uh, it's on my Twitch channel. There's a link below in the panels, so feel free to join. Uh, we're just kind of getting started with it and just trying to have a little place where people can uh, stay up to date with the content I'm putting on Twitch. So, yeah. Follow me, baby. What was that? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to trying to seduce people into following me, man. It's, you know what? You try everything twice, Okay. That's what they say. You try everything twice. All right. Well, that's going to do it for myself, for Peaches. Good luck. Have fun. And be nice to video game developers, okay? They just want to make good games. See ya. Looks like this uh, this recording is fairly stable. The stream is fairly stable. I think it's time we start talking about some video games. Sounds pretty okay to me. Sounds like we take a small dog and put him on a highway. I don't like. I don't <laughs> like. I don't like that. I don't like the way you mix that up. Mix it up a different way, <laughs> please. Uh, let's go take a baby terrier and put him in a crosswalk. Okay. No. <laughs> It somehow got worse. (laughs) Oh, my God.